The following program is intended for mature audiences. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. What are you people, on dope? All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. But first, it's time for the opening gem of the day.
was a little bit of fun right there. A little something different. Yes. A little modern. I think it was, uh, that was the first time we used uh, a Muse song as a gem. This is it? true. Breaking new ground. In I fact, like I hate to play spoiler, but yes. all three of our gems tonight yeah. are first-timers to the fold. All right. Group-wise. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, we like to keep it fresh and exciting, mm-hmm. you know, to keep it people off balance or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't go into that 80s like, R&B ballad. <laughs> and you said it was fresh <laughs> and exciting. Fresh. She's so yes. excited to me. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, that was uh, Muse doing Supermassive Black Hole. That mm-hmm. was the lead single from the band's 2006 album, Black Holes and Revelations. That was their fourth studio album. And uh, the song has been described as a blend of styles, uh, alternatively described as alternative rock, dance rock, and funk rock. And uh, I think the uh, British New Musical Express publication uh, summed it up nicely. They called it a dirty, funky guitar, dirty, funky guitars rubbing saucily against a princish falsetto over a pink leather couchet. And I'll be honest, I have no idea what the hell a couchet is. And yes, in the background, that is our director of security, absolutely destroying something um, defenseless and squeaking. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so that, that's <laughs> why we pay her the big money right there. Right. So, yeah, she's really digging it. So I'm sorry, folks, if you hear that squeak <laughs> in the background. That's exactly what that is. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes, Johnny. And we already knew. And we said to ourselves, you know what? I, I think it's time for yeah, one of those episodes. Absolutely. A little absolutely. irreverence right now is going to go a long way. Indeed. Because every once in a while, we do like to position ourselves as... Uh, the alternative to reality. Yeah. Grim, really effed Not up so much as reality. like Fox and MSNBC, but somewhere in the middle. Yes. Yeah. We are an oasis of entertainment in a sea of shit. All right, fair enough. Something like that. Ah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, um, given the current state of the world, this is a wonderful time to talk about Marvel's Monarch Monster Mash turning mass destruction into cash. Folks, you have no proud (laughs) he is of his alternative byline for the episode. Ah, good fun, good fun. Oh, man. You feel better you got that out? I do, I do, you know, because when in doubt... You know, monster movies. Gons- See, right now, one of our listeners sitting in his Lazy Boy in Dallas, Texas, one of our listening hotbeds, yeah. just turned to his, his wife and said, Honey, that hippie's on some <laughs> drugs again because I don't know what the hell he just said. No comment on that, but I'm sure in our hotspot, Paris, that they're digging. They're digging oh, this. The Michael Sean Lee, he is so witty. <laughs> Are they saying that? Like that? Maybe. Now they got the, they're up to the next in bed bugs. They don't have yeah, anything. Yeah, those poor bastards. But, but what you know, Mike's trying to say is, you know, what we're going to talk about, folks, tonight in the opening segment, uh, we're going back to the well, if yes, you will. Yes. Uh, to one of our most popular episodes we ever did, which was uh, Godzilla versus King Kong versus Acromegaly. Which is a um, one of your more inspired titles? Yeah, I, I suppose. Say, yeah, but uh, it's one of those uh, growth disorders, you know, like yeah. all these giant monsters. Well, have. when in doubt, you know, Godzilla never lets you down. Godzilla always comes through, even when you, you know? know what you're going to get. Yeah, and and people just they want more of it. They yeah. just they can't get enough. And that's it. You hit big, the nail on the, the head. Big it's, bad lizard. You yeah, know? It's, it's what the public wants, and I think right now we're seeing. Um, 
uh, superhero movies and TV shows on the wane. Yeah. Finally, of and I have you know mixed opinions about that, but uh, it looks like to fill the immediate void. And isn't it great how fun shit like this always happens when yep. the writers are on strike? Oh, God, yeah. It's like, yeah, get the big puppets out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the monsters. Right. Because you can't go wrong with the monsters. And coming up, and we'll, we'll touch on each of these, there's a, a veritable cavalcade. Love that word. That is a good of word. Of giant monster type shows. <laughs> like you mentioned on Apple Plus. Yeah. Uh, they're leading the pack with a very ambitious 10 episode. Um, Series entitled Monarch a Legacy of Monsters, yeah, uh, which brought in some big name talent, uh, such as Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt, yeah. playing the same character at different points in history. Yep, uh, we've got the impending Godzilla X Kong, the new empire, due out in April of 2024. Yep, and right now, believe it or not, and I was surprised to hear that this is actually getting limited showing in the United States. Yeah, the uh, Godzilla Zero. Wow. That's okay. There. Yeah, that was the last Godzilla film to drop, was it not? Yeah, and like I said, it's it's out there now, and I thought, of course, they were going to saturate American theaters with this, but that's not the case. It's no. it's it's all over Asia and Europe, and it looks like it might not really get a, a, the mass release you would expect in the states. Interesting. Which makes me think all the same. Good, because a I ain't going to no dirty ass theater to see it, <laughs> and b that would get us on one of our streaming services just that much quicker. Oh yeah. yeah, well I think that's really probably the bottom line because you know like you and I were talking about pre-show, I'm actually like contemplating, you know, getting Apple TV as much yeah. as I have not been part of the streaming uh, revolution, if you will. I'm yep. you know shockingly enough you know a traditional cable person. But, yeah, looking at what Apple's got coming up, it's like, damn, I might have to get yeah. this shit. Yeah, I mean, because they got this. They got that Ashoka series, which I haven't seen, but I would say was amazing. Yep, yep. And uh, Tom Hanks' latest opus to the uh, greatest generation, uh, which is going to be set in World War II on a, on a bomber crew, Yeah, uh, is going to be, you just know it's going to be good. There's, oh, yeah. there's no way it can't be. Yeah, he is. he has pretty much set the bar high, mm-hmm. as he always does. You know, and as much as, you know, we may want him to stop, you know, every time he comes through with it yep. and you watch it and begrudgingly you say, yeah, that, that killed it. And it he's hit all it. the branches now. I mean, I liked his um, his movie Greyhound yeah. that he did also for Apple Plus that was just the destroyer escort captain yeah. taking this convoy across the Atlantic almost in real time. It was very shrunk, very shrunken time frame. Yeah. But it was, it was good. It, it, it captured the anxiety, the, the bitter cold, the loneliness, just... Yeah. And the fact that something really bad could happen at any second, you know? <laughs> well, in all honesty, like, you know, he completely won me over with From the Earth to the Moon, mm-hmm. that series. Like, after that, it's like anything he spits out, I'm right. dialing in, I'm checking it out. Yeah, generally know. speaking. And there's been a couple, not bombs, but ones that just kind of flew under the radar. Yeah. Like, News of the World didn't really get that good review. No, it didn't, but Maybe again, Western's just not his thing. Yeah, it, it was still extremely enjoyable. You know, it's, it's you know, I mean, you kind of parallel to Ron Howard right. to a great degree. It's like, you know it's going to be something good. It, mm-hmm. it may not be fantastic, but it's always going to be good. He's not going to let you down. Right. You know. So, you know, before we get too far off, off topic, which one of these suckers you want to hit first? <laughs> well, I'm loving, you know, the trailers for mm-hmm. um, this uh, series that uh, that they're doing, this Monarch series, 
Um, one of the things I've noticed, this reoccurring theme, is A, monsters are real. Mm-hmm. And in every single trailer, you see humans running for their lives. And even in Godzilla Zero, finally we get the payoff of Godzilla stepping on people. <laughs> you know, because when, when each stride is like two city blocks, yep. guess what, folks? You ain't getting out of the way in time. He's nope. going to step on you, and yep. he does. Yep. And it's like, I, I like the way a lot of the modern big monster movies let you know right up front that if you're in one of these cities when these things come ashore, yep. you are screwed. You're done. You're not going to evacuate. You're not going to escape. No nope. building can withstand. And, and look, if King Kong comes next to your building and decides to like lean up against it like it's a water cooler, it's going to come down with you in it. Ball game. Done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to say, you know, the, uh, the MCU track record um, is pretty impressive. Um, they've generated since... Uh, 2008, they've generated 32.2 billion in revenue. That was 20, 29.56 billion in box office, 2.596 billion in home entertainment. And you know where I'm going with this, Johnny. It's the dig, because Johnny, of course, is a DC guy. I'm a Marvel guy. Uh, the DCFU, 7.76 billion. A paltry, 7.76 billion. But, and that was billion with a B, folks. <laughs> I'm being facetious just a little. In addition to these three major motion pictures, yes, uh, DC Comics. You remember comic books, don't you? <laughs> the thing that really makes DC better than Marvel is the actual comic books. Here it comes: Justice League versus Godzilla. Okay, and another extended series arc. Like in that. other words, allow me to retort. And people would say, "Well, what, what is Batman going to do, like, to Godzilla?" And in unison, we all say, "Give him a week to plan." <laughs> oh, it's true. It's damn true. <laughs> yes. Just give him a week to plan. Yeah, He'll come up with something. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, too, in, in just in researching this, you know, when you came up with this idea midweek last week, I was like, yeah, Monsters, cool. Let's look into this. Um, the whole Monsterverse thing never would have happened if the 1998 Godzilla remake mm-hmm. had succeeded, hmm. which, ironically... You know, considering the numbers, it did not. Um, it cost a, just a little bit over two hundred million. And yes, I'm laughing as we're throwing around these astronomical <laughs> figures. Uh, it cost apparently just over two hundred million to produce and market, uh, and generated only three hundred seventy-nine million worldwide uh, gross at the box office which made it a quote-unquote disappointment. Mm-hmm. And at the time, a trilogy was planned. The plans were shelved because this was a, again, disappointment. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, opened the door for uh, the Monarch series right. uh, to be produced. They greenlit it. It's like, yeah, go for it, guys. Um, so, yeah, on the heels of you know the wreckage of that 1998 film, which... I will not hesitate in saying I hated. It was a piece of shit. And sorry, Matthew Broderick, it was god-awful. <laughs> Godzilla laying eggs? Are you shitting me? Come on. Well, to quote the, the wisdom of one of my favorite literary characters, Mr. Bilbo Baggins, something started well is something half done. <laughs> and when your theme song to a movie attempts to mix Puff Daddy with Led Zeppelin yeah. to come up with this massive opus, the jam of the summer, if you will. Yeah. You know your ass is in trouble. Yeah, and it was like it, it was like a hint of cashmere. It was like, exactly. where are we going with this? Yeah. And like the movie, it just didn't 
come through. It just didn't pay off. It was right. like a tease. It was like, this kind of sounds good and... Yeah, yeah, it was like the production team was was sitting behind you in the theaters, like leaning over, whispering, "That's pretty cool, isn't it?" Yeah, you gotta admit that. See that? Yeah, when he's running fast, fast Godzilla. That's pretty cool, ain't it? Yeah. Meanwhile, and everyone's watching it, going, mm, no, "No, no, no, no." And you wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to turn around and slap them. You yeah. just wanted to slap them. And down. like I said, the eggs, because now we've got, uh, it's not androgyny. What is that when they're asexual? They just sprout. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like, eh. Yeah, yeah, he's laying eggs, but he's not a chick dinosaur. Right. He's he's still a dude. He's still Now, what I did Godzilla like is they bring in uh, Leon, the professional. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the actor's <laughs> name. Playing, like, the French Secret Service guy. Oh, yeah, that was Jean Reno. tie-in to us bombing the shit out of the Bikini Atoll in, right. in the 40s and right. 50s. So I'm like, all right, there's some thought behind this, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Because we all knew that Godzilla breathed fire and whatnot, but unless I'm mistaken, they never made that immediate connection to nuclear bombs awakening Godzilla. Right. And the first one was kind of implied because of the time period it took place. Yeah. But in all the subsequent thousands of, of Toho films with that, Never really came up that yeah. I can recall. I could be wrong. Yeah. But this was the first time they put that stamp on and of, yes, well, it's a giant killer lizard because we effed with the environment and found out. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, depending on who you ask, Godzilla has always been a metaphor for either A, nuclear weapons, or B, the United States. Right. You know, and that, you know, the old phrase from World War II, we've awakened the sleeping giant. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, it, it's kind of funny. This is like, the series where they've they've jacked Godzilla up mm-hmm. to his m- maximum height. He is, uh, per this series, 393 feet tall. It's a big lizard. Yeah, very, very big. Yeah. Thunder lizard. Yeah, nasty. And they went the same route because they knew eventually, as they're setting up these films, there was going to be a King Kong versus Godzilla. It's so they had to jack up Godzilla. So Godzilla on, say, Skull Island versus the original yeah. is like 10 times the size. Yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. They've messed with Godzilla's structure, his height, you know, mm-hmm. on, on numerous occasions. Uh, 38 films now total, including the one coming up in 2024, I believe. Uh, that was, uh, I believe, 33 uh, Japanese films, five American films. And yeah, now we get maximum Godzilla. Right. You know? And being in the Godzilla camp, I'm loving that. Mm-hmm. I'm just absolutely loving that. I mean, as much as I would love to suspend disbelief and enjoy these like a kid. Yeah. You know, I always felt that you can't have an organism of any kind yeah. this big, okay, roaming the planet when all of us are at a certain scale, okay, yeah. that works. So, in other words, your predator and your prey, with the exception of perhaps a baleen whale that right. siphons plankton in by yeah. the truckload, okay? Yeah. Everything kind of eats something that's kind of proportionate in size, yeah. if you think about it. Oh, okay? yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what they've based it on is the height of buildings. Right. You well, know, they, The higher the structure, out. the higher they have to make Godzilla. Right. But their sellout for what does Godzilla eat. Now they say, well, he just lives off of energy. He doesn't really eat anything per se. Yeah. Well, that's nonsense, right? Of course. And then if, it, if that applies to Godzilla, then okay, let's turn our sights towards King Kong. What the fuck does King Kong eat? It's There's a good the first question. F bomb. Sorry, folks. But yeah, he ain't going to pick up. And here's my thing he's not going to pick up a palm tree the size of you and I, nosh on that while he's watching the game and feel satisfied, <laughs> okay? 
and I believe even in the uh, the 70s remake of Kong, yeah. they're throwing bananas into the cargo hold of the oil tanker. Yes, That yes. thing would get stuck under his fingernail. It wouldn't even make it into his mouth. Yeah. So seriously. One real. I sure am hungry. What are you feeding them? Yeah, suspension of disbelief only covers so much. Right. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm in a goddamn hurry. You know, we have to tie it into reality. And I'm sorry to be to that guy. Yeah, I'm just you know. saying. Yeah, but yeah, good fun, <laughs> uh, good fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this this 2024 film. And yeah, we went back and forth about how you pronounce the title Godzilla X King, mm -hmm. the New Empire, whatever. I think it's, I don't know what Godzilla <laughs> X King means. Kong, you mean? Or Kong? Kong excuse yes. me, Kong. Yeah. I think the X is just a, uh, a shorthand way to say versus. Is pretty that what it is? Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. I can work with that. I can go with that. And I guess because the previous one was literally called Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. So they had to switch it up somehow. Yeah. And I guess the number two just didn't do a service. Yeah. And they do some, <laughs> some interesting... <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, they do some interesting jumping around with timelines. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. This film actually picks up 2015, mm -hmm. right after Godzilla has leveled San Francisco... Um, kind of an interesting parallel to current events. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Mm -hmm. And they also jump back to... I see what you did there. Yeah, well done. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and they, they also jump back to the 1950s, mm -hmm. which was, you know, the origin of Monarch, this yeah. entity Monarch. And loving the atomic age like I do. Yeah. I'm eating that shit up all day. Oh, yeah. Love the flashbacks, and they, and they get to bring back John Goodman's character from yes. Skull Island, you know. Yep. And um, all that's great. And they even show the, um, or it's just Godzilla Zero. Now, Godzilla Zero, they show a new twist on his uh, breath power. Really? As he's getting agitated, yeah. the, uh, the bony spines on his back, normally they all light up at once when he shoots the stuff. Yeah. They start ratcheting. So like a domino, they each start lighting up really? all the way up to the head. And I guess when he gets up there, like a massive game of Plinko, for those who know, <laughs> he just lets loose, you know. Nice. But again, I, I, I can't help but sympathize with the Japanese plate in the Godzilla Zero because it's set only a couple years after the surrender of, of Imperial Japan. Right. So, as if that whole nation isn't just obliterated to begin with, now they got to contend with a giant nuclear breathing dragon. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, enough's enough. Let them up. Throw the damn towel. Yeah, seriously. Well, we could probably do like an entire episode with uh, or detailing the various powers that Godzilla has possessed, exhibited, yep. you know, over the course of the 38 films. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it, with one film, he had the power of flight. He could actually fly. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, which is... Which is <laughs> go ahead and wrap your brain around that. Now, in any of these movies, do the monsters ever go to Gaza, I wonder? <laughs> I mean, let's keep it topical. Seriously. Match it up with current events, tie it in, or maybe their 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 thought process is like the Western world, and well, we can't uh, attack Gaza because there's a hospital there. Oh, dear Lord! All right, we should probably. But stop yeah, that. well, no, because yeah, <laughs> we're we're positioning ourselves as the oasis from that. Kong, that no kill shit. children. Yeah, right. really. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting too. Um, and again, doing the research, uh, one of the big differences between that 1998 failure. And what they're currently doing now with the MonsterVerse, 
is, and it's just nuance, is they're focusing on the human characters mm-hmm. and the toll that, you know, destroying your home city, like San Francisco, takes on these characters. Sure. You know, one of, these thi- one of the things I noticed about all the trailers around um, this upcoming series is they all feature humans running for it. Mm-hmm. You know, running for their lives, running like hell. Right. And as a matter of fact, it probably should have been one of our gems today is Pink Floyd Run Like We'd Hell. We'd used it already. That's did we really? Why we did. Oh, yep. Jesus, okay. But, uh, I mean, I even enjoyed the, the oft-forgotten uh, Pacific Rim movie. Yeah. Uh, the sequel was not that good. Worth skipping. Right. But the, the concept of the first one, really bringing all these movies into the modern age, yeah. where men can really like fight back on equal terms with these kaiju. Right. Um, plus the fact that it shows a society that had lived with these things for some time now yeah. and felt safe behind their walls and their defenses and whatnot. Right. And it's kind of like... I don't know, just the inherent entertainment value of someone's best plans going awry once they get punched in the nose, yep, you know? Yep. But I... Have you ever seen the live action um, or the animated version of Attack on Titan? No. Hold on to your butt. Attack on Titan came out... I know it's probably less than 10 years ago. It's a Japanese anime. Okay. And they have it took off like a rocket. So there was a live action version, yeah. which I can only imagine has got to be beyond creepy. Because apparently, Attack on Titan revolves around these walled cities, okay. okay, that have actually multi layers of walls, like first, second, and third defenses. Right. And these Titans, who initially haven't been around for like a millennium, are giant, skinless giants, men and women, and yeah. even some young people who just walk around and pick people up and sh- just chew them. Right. <laughs> it's, it's pretty heinous. And the first like 15 minutes of the first episode, I'm sitting there looking at the screen like, what the hell is this nightmare fuel? Serious. Jesus. And from what I saw, the commercial for the live action didn't get any better. It's just like, okay, I'm going to go throw up now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they made a whole franchise, books, movies, you name it. Wow. And that, I thought, took this giant monster thing, again, to the next level. Right. But what I also took from watching, say, Godzilla versus Kong that was out not too long ago, Yeah. I hate to say it, and I hate to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but... It was kind of sad because how much... Look, look at me actually answering this, this question. Yes. How much destruction is too much destruction? Yeah. Until, as the viewer, you get numb to it. Oh, totally. Now, we had movies like 2012, Deep Impact, Armageddon, yep. where the world is getting pummeled, and you know, like at least half the population was going to get wiped out. Yeah. But you didn't really see it. You saw massive explosions. Yeah. You know, they, they discussed it in the movie. Yeah. But... You weren't like on a, on a front row seat to see what happened, yeah. And like disaster movies from the seventies, whether it's meteor or earthquake or whatever, again you saw the small scale carnage, but yeah. not on a massive scale, because I think it it kind of desensitizes you. But <clears throat> for me, it just made me sad. Yeah. And even when Kong and Godzilla at one point, I think they're fighting on a deck of an aircraft carrier, yes, and they yes. just rip this thing to shreds and start beating each other with it. I'm sorry. Don't they normally have a crew of like 3,000 men? Yeah. No, I I know exactly what you're talking about. The last one, uh, the last film, uh, it may have been the one where, yeah, Kong's on the aircraft carrier, Godzilla comes swimming up, Mm -hmm. um, and they have it out, and yeah, shit gets destroyed. That was something that flashed across my own brain at the same time. And, you know, 
in accompanying the destruction of cities, you mm-hmm. know, later on in the film and whatnot, it was like they're kind of overdoing it here. Yeah, it's just you know? wanton destruction. Yeah, I mean, the suspension of disbelief is a wonderful concept, and, you know, as a filmmaker, you take advantage of it, but you can overdo it. Yeah. You know, to a point where it's like, oh, come on. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that with deft filmmaking, some of the most traumatizing scenes are things that happen to characters off screen. Yeah. Like, you learn of it, but you don't see it. You didn't oh, yeah. need to see it. You don't want to see it. Yep. You just know that they met uh, their demise, and it's like, oh, damn, that sucks. I like that character. Yeah. I think that can kind of carry the day, but I also see that they got to make a point that these things are literally forces of nature, and it's, it's bigger than your average psycho or Freddy Krueger or any of that nonsense. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the recurring themes, you know, in going through all the trailers uh, for... Uh, monarch, and I think it was Kurt Russell who actually put it into words, monsters are real. Mm-hmm. And that was an interesting thing to me. It was like, okay, wrap your brain around that. You know, what would life be like if <laughs> these titans <laughs> were real? And that's what they're going for. And that's apparently, you know, what they're uh, placing all their bets on, is that focus on the toll that it's taking on humans. Like, for example, I know one of the lead characters from uh, this series, you know, at one point in the trailer, she's like, you know, they've taken everything from me. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently her entire family was wiped out when right, Godzilla right. stomped the shit out of San Francisco. So, yeah, these are, these are things that you can relate to, you know, outside of the whole suspension of disbelief concept is, mm-hmm. you know, what happened, what would happen, how would I react? That's how they kind of humanize it, I guess you could say. Right is, yeah, the human toll, you know, and that's what appeals to people. Yep. And that's, that's what loops us all in. And I guess, you know, of course, you know, once we see these movies and it come out, we'll have even more commentary on it. God, yeah. Maybe a sequel to this episode. Yeah. Right, see how everything pans out. Yeah. Well, these are, the these, meantime, are, these, are the, these are the fun <laughs> ones to do. You the know? fun we're, ones, We're not talking about current events and all the fucked up shit that's going on in the world. Right. My gratuitous F-bomb from the first half of the yeah. episode. Yeah. The, 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 again, the departure from that. Yeah, they so. got, I don't even know how many 24-hour news networks they could tune in to see what's going on. Ugh. And the nauseating amount of different opinions that come with it. So, yeah, we'll let that shit another day. Yep. But for now, it's time for the Oasis of Sanity, known Hello. as the Middle, the middle Gym. Gym. That's yes. right. Yes. What do you got for us, Johnny? Well, I dipped into my bag of tricks, and I didn't have to think too far this time. Okay. Because, like I said, uh, our, well, I haven't said, but now I'm going to say. Yeah. Our gems have a particular theme this week, like Which they normally do. We do from time to time. But this time we went not just overarching, but out of either topic today. Yep. Because of the timing of the show, when it's going to play, it is in fact going to play on Black Friday. Yes, you want to talk about a monster mash. Yeah. So, all of our songs have something to do, well, just with black, but they're all in honor of Black Friday. (laughs) This one now being the most literal, which of course would be from our good friends and Steely Dan. Nice. A classic rock staple yep. that has heretofore not been used on the show. A band named after a dildo. Go figure. There you go. Strange where we live in. <laughs> Indeed. This in uh, right here is, like I said, Black Friday. We're going to play it for you now, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with some things and stuff.
Black Friday, baby. A little classic, classic Steely Dan. Yeah, and you know what? I had said to you, uh, and I really hate to give this person any credit, even though she was a huge influence on my life. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what we would call her. Uh, a former girlfriend from back in the day. All right. Bartender, college professor, beyond interesting wow. and hot. Okay. Um, she got me into Steely Dan Yeah. because she was like, no, if you just listen to them musically, the band's tighter than the tick's ass. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, no. Because I always saw them as like elevator music. Yeah. Oh, very, very polished musicians. And I've always, I'm not a Steely Dan film by any, uh, Steely Dan fan by mm-hmm. any stretch, but I love the subversive <laughs> nature of the band. Like I said, you know, pre break, they were named after a dildo from a William S. Burroughs novel. And, it, you know, William S. Burroughs is generally regarded as the Pope of Dope. <laughs> and,. You know, as mainstream as Steely Dan is perceived to be, mm-hmm. you know, these are, like I said, some very, very subversive dudes. Right. You know, some very, very crafty, you know, guys. And it just, it makes me smile, mm-hmm. you know, that they are they have been so mainstreamed. And it's like, you people have no idea. You right. have no, no fucking idea. And there's certain Steely Dong, uh, Steely, Steely, I was going <laughs> to say dongs, uh, Steely Dan songs that I, I like, my short list. Yeah. Uh, of course, Black Friday being one of them. Um... Reeling in the years. Yep. Uh, my old school. Ricky, don't lose that number. Right. These are all my short lists. So when I thought of this Black Friday concept, kabam, that was the first one that, that hit me. Yep. But I tell you what, that song's not necessarily about what people think it's about. Oh, no. Because it, it could never be that simple. It very rarely is with Steely Dan. Right. Very so rarely. the song came off of their uh, Katie Lied album, 1975. All right. And what it's really doing is, uh, which you might pick up in the lyrics, it's criticizing materialism. Yeah. And the Black Friday they reference is not, of course, the day after Thanksgiving. Right. And it's not the stock market crash of 1989, because okay. that was afterwards. Yeah. No, it, was, uh, it references uh, an investment scandal uh, that caused a little bit of a crash back in 1869. Okay. When um, all these really well-to-do people, kind of like a Bernie Madoff scam, it was a pyramid thing, but only like, the super well-to-do took a hit right. on it, you right. know? And uh, the song itself peaked at 13 on the Billboard Top 100. So yep. whatever it was, people just liked it. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, these guys were extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and subversive as hell. Yep. You know, so even though, like I said, I'm not a huge fan, more power to them. Exactly. And speaking yes. of not being a huge fan. Yeah. As we've discussed uh, <laughs> a couple times in the show. We got, you, a little, we got a little trouble in Michigan these days. Well, let's, let's give them the whole scope. You, sir, are a big fan of USC. Yeah. Which I condone. And yeah. I am, of course, a huge fan of Michigan. Right. And these days, anybody who follows college sports, or really sports in general, knows uh, of the, uh, air quotes, scandal involving Michigan uh, videotaping games to catch other teams' signs, doing advanced scouting in person. I got to say, I'm, I'm a little taken aback by the hysteria around this. Seems like much ado about nothing. Yeah, well, it's it's... Kind of amusing to me because Jim Harbaugh is now enjoying his second three-game suspension of right? 2023. But, yeah, the whole sign-stealing thing, it's like, really? This is a thing? Yeah, this is where they're going to plant their flag. Yeah. Rather than address rampant, rampantly low graduation rates, <laughs> which they yeah. can't get Michigan for, okay? Right. Looking at you, SEC. Trash. Or, you know, the problems just of all natures on campuses dealing with these athletes the ones that are breaking the laws, 
you know, it seems like once they instituted the non-fungible tokens and these college athletes could make money, yeah. it just seems like the ramshackle operation that is the NCAAF got worse. And even though you cautioned me against this, I started comparing it to FIFA. Yeah. Well, yeah, FIFA is like blatantly corrupt. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and just in, again, in taking a step back, zeroing in on the so-called scandal that this is, you know, I had to ask myself, you know, why is in-person advanced scouting illegal in college football? And in doing that research, apparently this was a rule that was instituted in 1994 to supposedly keep costs down for schools that couldn't afford to do it. And we got a name for that. It's I, Division Two. Yeah, I got to call <laughs> bullshit on that coming right out of the gate. Not only that, but apparently the general feeling is this is an antiquated and completely out of touch rule. And it's like, this is what you're hanging a guy for? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, and and had, this is what you're suspending due process for? Right. Now, they've had a bone to pick with him probably since his first day there. Well, that's, that's the FIFA connection that I can see is like there's more shit going on here than meets the eye. Right. If and you don't kiss the emperor's ring, yeah. you're on the list. Yeah. You know? And I, I wish they would have made as big a to-do about this um, as they did or didn't do in the case of last season when one of our players got assaulted by several Michigan State players, yeah. right, to the tune where they filed charges, and I believe they were dismissed from the university. Yep. But the coach never got so much as a slap on the wrist. He got fired for completely different reasons, which yeah. are equally humorous and heinous. Right. But it's like, really, that this is where you're going to plant the flag? This is the hill you're going to yeah, die on? And and being a USC fan, as you pointed out, and a USC alumni, I'm kind of very well acquainted with scandal. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, you know, two words, Pete Carroll. Um, <laughs> and again, I'm looking at this going, really? This is this is what the NCAA And everybody is should pay attention to it because, about? you know what? Next week, it could be your team. Yeah. Because there's no rhyme or reason as to who they can impart these these judgments on. So ramping it back up to now, at the minute, what's going on, uh, he met with the August body of the Big Ten. Right. And says, I'll tell you what, I'll take the three-game suspension, but you, meaning the Big Ten, drop the investigation. And they say it's implied but not guaranteed that once the Big Ten drops it, the NCAAF will drop it as well. Right. Okay. Right. Now, the thing that burns my butter, well, here's a list of about a thousand things, but <laughs> as it applies to this. I was going to say, stand back, people. Right. Here we go. He already did a voluntary three-game suspension to start this season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not saying that should resolve him from any of these other issues. And more importantly, Mike, if they got him dead to rights doing this, then he should face whatever consequences are on paper. Yeah. Yes, I would love to make sure it was done evenly and to other teams. But all that aside, if there's a penalty that exists and he met the criteria for being punished because he did X, Y, and Z, then I have, I have no complaint. The fact of the matter is, it's as though they have a bullseye on, bullseye on him. Yeah. And what's looming on the horizon now, because they beat Maryland barely today, it's going to come down to Michigan, Ohio State. Yep. Arguably the best college football rivalry still left out there. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
They know it puts massive asses in the seats. It's going to be the story all week. Oh, yeah. But now Michigan needs to face their arch rival, who is a very good team in their own right, without their head coach. Well, this is, this is where the FIFA comparison seems to become clear to me mm-hmm. in that, you know, the old saying about absolute power corrupting absolutely. Well, how about absolute money? Con- Message! Right. You know, corrupting absolutely. Right. The amount of money, and it is now, I think, being acknowledged for the first time that's flowing through the NCAA, particularly with football, mm-hmm. we're seeing the results of this. Right. We're seeing some very questionable, very shady shit going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you look at this scenario and you kind of got to wonder what's really going on here. Yeah. And like I said to you, what, was, what made it even more suspicious is that one week you're going from the Associated Press and the coaches' rankings having undefeated Georgia number one, undefeated Michigan number two, and then Ohio State still undefeated number three, and Florida Seminoles, I guess also undefeated, number four. Yeah. Kind of made sense, and that's where they sat all season. It did not move, okay? Then when the week, uh, because generally with three weeks left, they switch from those rankings just to the playoff pool or the the playoff rankings. Yeah. All of a sudden, they put Ohio State as number one. No. No, man. Who, as a fan watching this thing, you don't need to be Newt Rockney to know that Ohio State doesn't have a chance in hell of beating Georgia. Yeah. And I could even argue if Michigan does. I mean, Georgia is a powerhouse right now. But with a snap of a finger and agreements made behind closed doors, all of a sudden... Ohio State's ranked number one. Squeeze me? Yeah. Baking powder? Surely there must be something you can do. I'm doing everything I can. Now stop calling me Shirley. Again, from 30,000 feet, you know, I'm, I'm, it's uh, something that we've discussed at length. I'm far more a fan of pro football than of college football. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fortunate that, you know, I'm alumni to a school that enjoys a very rich history in college football. But Indeed. If the NCAA wants to avoid, you know, the comparisons to FIFA, which, you know, I mean, come on, they're so ridiculously, absurdly corrupt and answered to nobody, which is kind of why, and you've right. got this just sick amount of money flowing through. If the NCAA wants to avoid this, they need to clear shit like this up. Yeah. Rather you know, than handing out penalties before there's any any form of due process, yeah, before Michigan even gets to present a case to these these bodies. Well, and for, the idea you know. of suspending due process for expediency, right? You know, it it seems obvious to me, and just looking into this, you know, over the last couple of days, that you know Michigan wants to have their coach for the college football postseason, if you will, the playoff mm-hmm. scenario. So they're like, okay, we'll bite down on this, but. Tell me this is not a slippery slope, you know, the whole suspension of due process thing. Right. And again, this looks just polluted as hell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and these the, the you know, the authority figures and these these different bodies, they look really stupid right now. Because even after the story broke, Michigan has gone on to just completely demolish every team they've gone up against. Yeah. So, well, gee, I guess if they were stealing singles, they stopped and didn't need it. Yeah. And I guess their, their scouting in person of these teams didn't amount to a lot either because they still beat them. Yeah. And look, like yourself, being a true fan of football, I don't care if you got the other team's 
signals, if you know their plays, if you got their playbook, yeah. if you know what their mom made them for dinner last night, none of that shit means anything. Because when they run at you, if you can't tackle and stop them, woe is you. Okay? Because yeah. it's going to be a very long afternoon. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why I've always enjoyed professional football as opposed to college football. Is professional football doesn't purport to be anything that it is not. You know, it is, like I said, professional football. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows what the goals are. Everybody knows what the objectives are. There are no illusions about the money aspect of the thing. Right. You know, the NCAA is still trying to foster this idiot idea that there's a, an element of, I don't know, purity. Yeah. You know, oh, it's college football. It's, right. you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like you're losing that very quickly, guys. Mm -hmm. Very, very quickly. Again, the association with FIFA... You know, if you want to avoid this, if you want to, you know, because it will have an impact. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, you're going to... setting precedents. Yeah, and That's you're going to destroy people's delusions, quite frankly, about what college football is and the purity of the game. Yep. You know, you want to hang on to those delusions, you better do something to clean shit like this up. Right. Or cop to it. You know, cop to it. Just say, no, we're not that. We are now a professional organization. Revenue is our concern. And, and, you know, own up to it. Yep. You know, sorry to, you know, burst anybody's bubble, but this is what it's come down to. You know, and, and stop with this, this ethical bullshit that nobody's buying into anymore. Right. And, you know, lastly, let me just reiterate, in case there's any confusion out there, F Ohio State, okay? <laughs> and I hope we do things to them next week they wouldn't do it to a farm animal. And then, you know, we come out looking... Like superheroes. Yes. yes. And yes. I got to say, for these kids to have played as well as they have, it's a testament to Jim Harbaugh being a, a top-tier coach Yeah, where they can go out, follow what he's taught them all season, and, and just execute. It's, it's a thing of beauty. It really is. Damn! So we'll see what happens. More power to him. And maybe we'll mention it, you know, because the next time we do a show, obviously things would have come to fruition, <laughs> yes. and we'll see what we've got to talk about indeed, then. Indeed, indeed. So on that note, I believe it's time for the ready-made-for-production third gem. Hell yeah! Another little ditty we picked out of the uh, ethereal plane of, remember that song? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going going with this Black Friday theme, of course. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I had fun with this because it did give me some flashbacks to the good old days. Uh, this is... Uh, Katie Tunstall, mm -hmm. Scottish singer-songwriter, Katie Tunstall, uh, doing a really, really fun one. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed listening to this pre-show. It's an earworm. It is indeed. <laughs> this is uh, Black Horse and the Cherry Tree. Yeah, so dig it and enjoy it, folks. We'll be back in a few minutes for uh, a couple more things and a wrap-up, so stay tuned. Two, three, Myself, so I'm gonna let her do all the talking. Ooh. Ooh. I came across a place in the middle of nowhere with a big black horse and a cherry tree. Ooh. Ooh. I felt a little fear upon my back. I said, Don't look back, just keep on walking. Ooh. Ooh. But the big black horse said, Look this way, he said, Hell. Ooh, ooh, ooh. But I said no, no, 
not the one for me. Ooh. And my heart hit a problem in the early hours, so I stopped it dead for a beat or two. Ooh. Ooh. But I cut some cord and I shouldn't have done it, and it won't forgive me after all these years. Ooh. So I sent it to a place in the middle of nowhere with a big black horse and a cherry tree. Ooh. Ooh. Now I won't come back cause it's all so happy and now I got a hole for the world to see. Yeah. And it said no. Fun, good fun. Did you know KT was what a Scottish singer songwriter? I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah. All I know is that I think of her as the one that's not the one that sang about where all the cowboys went with her hairy armpits. It's not her. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Susie Sue. It's KT Tunstall. Indeed, indeed. And that, of course, was uh, from her 2004 debut album, Eye of the Telescope. Huh. And uh, interesting, according to KT, that song was inspired by old blues, Nashville psycho hillbillies, and hazy memories. And who can't relate to that? I call that Tuesday. Yeah. And it was about having to dig incredibly deep to find out who you want to be. Hmm. Yeah. Profound. Interesting. (laughs) As we give it a moment of silence. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess that's why she didn't have many hits. It got a little too introspective there. Yeah. Careful, as they say, the abyss stares back. And does indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, on, hey, still a gem, though. Absolutely, so? absolutely. Yeah, right? Good fun, good fun. Like you said, earworm. Yeah, totally what she earworm. eats doesn't make us fat. No. Who cares what she thinks about anything? Yes. Damn it. So anyway. So anyway. What's going on in Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? Well, we should tell everybody that we have pretty much settled into a bi-weekly format now. Indeed, indeed. Uh, me going through some life-work balance changes. Uh, and being lazy. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just better for all involved. Despite the rumors, it's <laughs> not about how long it takes me to recover from hangover. Well, it's not about that. I can't it's say it's not, not a factor. Well, you know. <laughs> we all have it crosses the bear. <laughs> Some of us a gallon-sized bottle of vodka and a paper bag. Well, you know. Sisyphus. Indeed. <laughs> But such is the nature of life these days. Right. I mean, more importantly, we are heading into, full blast, the holiday season. Yes. So first up, Thanksgiving, which is, you know, it's pretty tame. It's actually my favorite holiday. I mean, Really? Yes. Well, it's, it's, you know, the whole focus is about eating and drinking until you need to take a nap 
and yeah. watching a lot of football. Yeah, this is I, true. I don't see how it gets much better than that. What's your I favorite really item on the Thanksgiving table? Uh, the gravy. Really? Yes. The gravy hides all sins. <laughs> hides all sins. You can kill the turkey if you've got the rockin' gravy. Wow. Yeah. I, I got to go with stuffing. Always been yeah. a big fan of mom's stuffing. All right. Uh, especially when she overdoes it on the spicy sausage, because it, it'll definitely have some kick. There we go. No raisins. There's no redeemable value in it. <laughs> you probably need some of your aforementioned gravy. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a delightful treat. A lot of carbs, man. Yep, yep. So many carbs. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said, man, you know, that, that mid-afternoon Thanksgiving Day nap mm-hmm. is glorious. Absolutely glorious. Yeah, so I'll be heading down to uh, Jersey, my homeland, to right. uh, spend a couple of days with the family. Nice. Looking forward to that. Not looking forward to the traffic, but, you know, you buy the yeah. land, you get the Indians. What are you going to do? Yeah. And I got to, you know, cite a mutual favorite, uh, Bill Maher, in making the point that, you know, the, the, the whole idea that there has to be a conflict over Thanksgiving dinner. Please pass it, Jerry. That's ridiculous. It's it doesn't have to it be. Yeah. And yeah, there's is there's no no crime and no fault in saying I have no opinion, you know, particularly with all the controversial shit that's going on these days. Yeah. You know, you're gonna sit down, you're gonna have a glass of wine, you're gonna eat some good food. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fuck that up with a controversial opinion on anything. Right. They say the fucking smog is the fucking reason you have such beautiful fucking sunsets. You know, you don't have to discuss anything. I mean, the beauty of it is I, I'm kind of, you know, with the, the main four character ensemble that is my family. Yeah. Uh, we're, at, we're all conservatives now. Really? Mom and sis have converted. Okay. And they're right there in lockstep with me and dad. Yeah. He's like mellowed out. So you don't get the, the right wing drill instructor anymore. But him <laughs> and I tend to agree on, on most things. All right. And so, yeah, so we don't even bother with that. That's not a time to talk about that. We're there to enjoy each other's company and talk about the food and whatever else yeah. is going on in life. I think everybody should make it an objective this Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. given all the, the crazy shit that's going on in the world, that we're just not going to go there. I agree. We're not going to have that discussion. We we're just not going to do it. Society. Let's let's skip religion. Yeah. Let's skip politics. Uh, hell, let's even skip movies because all that's like. It's got somebody's opinion attached <laughs> yeah, to it, you know? Really, really. Just let's let it go. Yeah, let it all go. I like that. The, you know, the theme for this Thanksgiving, folks, let it go. Let it go. Let's just have fun. Let's have a good time. Let's enjoy each other's company and let it go. Yeah, I have I like no it. problem with that. I like no it. No problem with that. Good stuff. So we got all that going on. Let's see. Harumph, harum. What else? What else is there? Not a whole lot, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I was going to say, no crime in that. We recently uh, re-released the studio remastered version of uh, episode one of the Rips and Rants podcast. That was well over three years ago. Flashback. Right? And I I saw it. I was was looking for something else unrelated, and I'm like, wow, I should do like all the big radio and our (laughs) our record companies do. Remixed, remastered. Right? Was yeah. that Universal Music Group? Yeah, them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, what would Alec Baldwin do? He'd retool the same old shit he's always done <laughs> and pass it off like it's something new, right? Because, you know, we are never going to do an episode <laughs> where Johnny doesn't take a shot at Alec Baldwin. Right. You know, if, if we ever did, you'd have to ask yourself, all right, what's wrong here? Yeah. It's a code for we're being held captive. Exactly. Like, don't mention Somebody's him. got a gun. To our collective head. Right. Head? Heads? More or less heads. heads. Two heads. heads? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and, um, yeah, something's up. So, yeah. yeah. 
So all that's that's what's up with that, and uh, it it was fun, and I like thinking like a record exec, you know, oh, <laughs> let's re-release this. Or if I'm in a Hollywood, you know, uh, one sheet meeting, right, and they're like. Yeah, perhaps a reboot of Jaws would work. You know, I would be one yeah. of those people just waving shit through. Sure. So if you see any of those type episodes, take a listen. Yeah. Because they're still good. We just well, had to work on the audio quality. It's, it's, it's amazing that we've gotten to that point. Yep. It's a very, very interesting plateau to reach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, it's a shot of perspective. Right. And it wouldn't be Thanksgiving if we didn't say thank you to our fans all over the world. This is true. Man, we did an update before we went to uh, the recording studio wow. tonight, and I was pointing out to Michael spots around the world yeah. where we've got some listeners that you wouldn't think. Big shout out to listeners. Paris. Big yep. shout out. Because you just love the fact that people in Paris are listening to that us. That absolutely yeah. kills me. That does. I mean, no offense, Dusseldorf or <laughs> South Africa or Cape Town or Zambia. Or Cleveland. Or what was the spot, the Boomtown bombing range up in Yeah, what Washington? was that? Was it Boom? There was some bombing range in <laughs> Washington <laughs> State that seems to be a steady listener. So we see you guys. We yeah, see you. Please keep us out of your your range finders. Indeed. Uh, just enjoy Indeed. the show. Well. But uh, yeah, the hot spots East Coast, all over Texas. Such good folks in Texas. We could be just broadcast there, and I would have no complaints. <laughs> so again, yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Yep. You keep listening. We'll keep doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And until next time. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. And until next time, I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.